Hello, thank you, and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. This is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we're going to go into a teaching talking about peace. I know I've talked about this in briefly in uh, maybe other teachings, but today I want to concentrate on peace. And because as we continue this series in uh, the Bible, Words to Live By, I think that in our time, what, in, in, when we consider where we live today, there's so much unrest in not only in finances, in um, uh, in, in the U.S., there's, there's still protest, there's still disruption, not only about the election and whether it's ballot or not, it's the disruptions about uh, uh, Black Lives Matters and whether uh, some people don't consider any lives matter, not only uh, blacks, but any uh, nationality, whether you're white, black, brown, or any color in between. It seems as though there's no peace. But to the believer, I have a, a good news for you today. We should be able to walk in peace. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the problem, no matter what the issue, uh, the ability is there. Whether we take it or not is up to us. And some people will say, well, preacher, you know, you, you may not be going through something, but I want to tell you, everybody goes, will go through something at some time or some point in life. And it's not going to come by one time, but there's always issues or opportunities to take on burdens and worries and take on all the issues. But Jesus said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, take my yoke upon you. So in other words, become a yoke fellow with him so that we can walk and allow him to take the load off of us. For he said, over in peace, he said, cast all your cares upon me. For he cares much for us. So today again, we're going to talk about peace and where we should stand as a believer. Because again, all of us will have the opportunity to take on burdens and cares and issues. But when we rest in the word of God, rest in what, what Jesus has said about us and knowing who we are, when you know who you are, you can take authority in what you own and where you live and who you are. And you won't allow anyone to tell you who you're not when you know who you are. One of the first things that all of us learn as kids, we learn our name. And when you know your name, when you know that you are a man or woman of God. And I, that, I'm not speaking of being a, a minister. I'm talking about a child of God, a son or a daughter of God, and knowing the rights and privileges that you have by uh, being such, then you can walk in a new light in life. <clears throat> so let's go forward now into uh, first in the book of Psalms. We're going to first talk about um, uh, in Psalms and what I call one of, the, one of the most peaceful chapters in the scripture. But even with this, as we read the book of Psalms, and it's talking about the Lord is our shepherd, uh, let's let the Bible speak. Psalms first chap, uh, Psalms 23, verse number 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. See, this is where most of us, we want to be. We want to be in that calm place, in that place that I'm talking about, in our minds, in our atmosphere, where nothing is, you know, nothing is disrupting us, all of our kids are well, you know, our relationships are well, you know, money is flowing in, we have the ability to give and to do all those things, and I believe we should, there should be times in our life where, as a believer, we should have those times where we're not constantly in uh, a turmoil, because that brings on added pressure, and again, when we allow ourselves <clears throat> to give those, to give um, our uh, pressures to God, we shouldn't live under them, but we should live in peace. So the writer is saying here, I believe it's David, talks about that God leads us 
to green pastures. He makes us lie beside still, still waters again, talks about calmness. But again, he begins to, to uh, change, change the subject a little bit. And in, in the third verse, he says, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, God blesses us so that men will see our good works. They will see that, you know, I know they couldn't do it. How did Eric get to where he is? And that, that testimony should, uh, for me should be, if it had not been for the grace of God, then I don't know where I would be. But it's the grace and the favor that God has placed on my life. And, and no matter what goodness people would see in me or what good things that I might do, it's available to me because God has afforded me to do it. So as we read on in, in the fourth verse, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now David's begin to say, you know what? He said, talking about in the shadows of death. So David is saying, that death all around me. And at any time that uh, we could, all of us should be able to testify of this is now where we still see coronavirus in the country. We still see things happening uh, in cities where there's uh, people dying of all races. Now, it seems that uh, there's attack upon our Asian brothers and sisters. There's uh, uh, attack, people are just going off and shooting up schools and going into workplaces and shooting things. And now people are afraid to go to work. Some are afraid to even go home because of what they're going to face when they get there, because their relationships are not in, 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 in a good place. You know, their children are, are not in a good place. Don't know if your, your, your spouse is going to make it home because of how um, uh, the, the occupation that it may, may have, whether that spouse could be in the armed forces, and you don't know where they could be in the world. You know, they could be a police officer, a police a man or a woman, and you know every day they leave that house, there's a possibility they won't come home. But when you walk in peace, when you allow God to lead and guide your steps. As, as David says here in the fourth verse, he said, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. He said, death is all around me. Pestilence is all around me. People are dying all around me. Not just from COVID-19. It could be from anything, from heart attacks, from, uh, you know, from car accidents. All of these things, you know, th these thoughts come to us. As, Is this my day? I want to know, you know, my, my mom died early. My dad died early. You know, sis and, 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 and auntie and grandpa, all of these things, the enemy wants to attack us with it. But David said, though I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Thou art with me. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He said, the rod and the staff of God, God is there with me to either correct me uh, uh, with, with the rod or with the staff to pull me back in, to pull, to reel me in, let me know, you know, don't stray away from me. That's what sheep were, 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 were known to do. You know, sheep will sometimes, they will, they, will, they, will, they will stray away from the master, stray away from the shepherd. And the shepherd at times would have to reach out and poke them you and get them and say, okay, get up, time to move. Or he would reach out and with that curve end of the staff, he would pull them in. Maybe they're in, maybe they're in some rough waters or they're in there, get stuck in the mud or, or stuck in some thickets. And he had to reach in and pull them out. But God is always there to rescue us. He doesn't just come to rescue us, but he is always, for he says, for thou art with me. And the next, last stanza we're going to talk about, the fifth one, it says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He didn't say in spite of my enemies, 
But sometimes God will show out in the presence of your enemy. When they can't figure out how did you get to where you got, knowing who you are. See, that's the testimony. You see, people will be amazed at the testimonies of believers when, when, because that's what God wants us to do. He wants them to see the good things that happen in us and through us so that God can be magnified. I believe that God doesn't mind anybody being rich. He don't mind you being blessed. He doesn't mind you to having a house, a car, or whatever those things may be. But I believe God minds when you allow those things to have you. Where you are now, you, your, your whole focus is on my car, my house, my family, my husband, my wife, instead of having your focus on, on, on him. All of those things have their place, but none of them should ever take the place of God. So David says, in the presence of my enemies, he said, God will feed you. He'll allow you to feast and your enemies see it and won't have the ability to do anything about it. I can testify of that. I can testify of uh, being in jobs where uh, I can remember one of my one of the jobs when I first moved into management. How that, uh, and that's a long story. But long, uh, uh, I had worked there, came in as one of the uh, just a regular employee like everybody else. Didn't have any management skills. Didn't ha I had just left consulting and came into work and worked there for a few months and and things began to work out for me. And uh, I had even allowed myself to get. Uh, I had come from consulting, making a lot more money, but God had spoke to me and had, had uh, situations that happened where I had gotten laid off from consulting. And I was so, dis you know, the, 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 the pressure that, that tried to come on me, tried to capture me. I moved into a much bigger house. My mortgage, mortgage was, was higher. And one Friday I had the job. By Sunday, I was called and told, you know, your services are no longer needed. And I could have fell apart right there. I didn't have just one. I didn't just have the house note from the house I just bought. I had the house note from the house that I, I that I still own. So here I was with two house notes and no job. But you know what? God is faithful. I made a determination after I got that news. I had sat down in the floor and I told my wife. I said, "I'm going to." I heard what was said, and I told her, I said, look, babe, I've been laid off, but let me tell you, at the end of this, I'll have to decide, I have so many job offers, I'll have to decide which job I'm going to take. And after I, <clears throat> I uh, make a long story short, I interviewed for six jobs, <clears throat> and I was offered a job by all six of them. All six interviews that I went in, all of them developed into a job. But the one job I didn't interview for, the seventh one, there was a seventh one, I went, I got this one on my own. Our agency had got me the first six. I got the last one on my own. And this job paid, it paid the least of all of them. And I had to make, make prayer prayers. So Lord, you lead me, you guide me, and show me what to do. And there's a scripture over in the book of Colossians. It says, uh, let, me, let, me, let me turn to it quickly. It's Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of God Rule in your heart, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. But the first stanza of that 15 of Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule. So in other words, let it be the thing that, let it be your judgment, your deciding factor. When you, where you find peace, that's where you go. So here I had all of these different levels of jobs, uh, uh, some higher, higher than others. But the two jobs I came down to, one of them, 
I was going to get, they promised me quarterly bonuses. They, pro, they promised me uh, a higher, this, this salary was uh, uh, 10 to 15, at least 10 to 15,000 more than the other one they had offered initially. And plus they promised me every quarter. And I began to pray and I said, God, I feel peace about the one that pays the least. But, you know, I'm used to making twice as much as what both of them were offering. And I prayed and I began to lean more toward the one that paid the least. And if I took the one that paid the least, that means that I was going to be cutting it close as far as, you know, being able to pay my mortgage and all the other uh, other uh, concerns that I had. But the peace was there. And so I chose it <clears throat> to push things forward. I was at that job. Again, I began to look at what I was making and what I used to make. And I said, I could go back and consulting. I could go back and double this salary easily. But I didn't, you know, everything I tried, I began to interview. Remember now, the peace had led me to this job. But I began to interview and go out and try to find another job. And this was just several months. I would say three to four to five months after I was in this job. I just, I would, my mind just was, now I began to uh, uh, fluctuate. And the scripture says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I was looking and I was saying, man, I don't want to stay here. I need to get out of here. And the lady, the, 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 the boss that had hired me, they, next thing I know, they were gone. And here I am in a job, unsecure in my mind, and I, be, I had left my peace. And to shorten the story even more, the people that I was, I was promised a job was a consulting agency that was in the building that I was in. But they said, no, we, we don't want to. We don't want to hire you because if we hire you, the people who 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 will have us and who's employed us here, we may lose that business. So they closed the door on me. And finally, I got the revelation. Why don't you just rest in peace? If God brought you here, then maybe you should stay here for a while. So I calmed down and I began to work. Long story short, to shorten the story even more, there came a time. When I went to a new boss, he had so many people. I think he had 40 uh, uh, reports. That's quite a few people for one person, and especially in IT. And it came a time to when there were projects coming in and out. And he began to call me. I didn't. I wasn't a, a manager at that time. And say, hey, Eric, I need you to do this. I need you to take this work to a certain person and give them this assignment. Tell them what I want to do. And uh, I had my own assignments. I said, why is this man calling on me? Because the people that I was going to talk to, they had, some of them had 10, 15, 20 years experience. They had, had way more experience than I had, matter of fact. And to the point is that I think it was a time of testing. And I took and I took on projects I had no knowledge of. Nobody else would take them. So they gave them to me. I'm the new guy. So give it to the new guy. Let him figure it out. Had no documentation. But I prayed over it. And God gave me wisdom. And to end this story, there came a day when I had left to go out for Christmas vacation. And I uh, maybe left the day before Christmas, came back after New Year's. And, and I just had this feeling that something was going to happen. Came back maybe Jan 3 or 4, whatever it was. And I was there for a day or two. And my boss came and said, Eric, come to my office. You know, sometimes you hear that, you want to say, man, what, 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 what does he want? But I went in and sat down. And within a few days, he told me, Eric, how would you like to uh, become a manager? I had no inkling. I had no experience in being a manager. And they trained me in, in, in all of the things that were necessary and sent me off the training. But my whole point is that when I 
I, I made the decision because of peace. But you have to stay in peace and you have to remember why you are doing the thing that you are doing. If God called you to it, he will take you through it. He will give you the provision. And one of the reasons I told you this story was in talking about how God will bring, that you sit before your enemies. Many of the people who, there were times I would go to some of the uh, more senior people and go to their desk. They wouldn't even look, I had one fellow, he wouldn't even look at you. It was as though you were a fly on the wall. I would come and go and talk to them and say, hey, this is what my, uh, my, my, my director told me to give you this. You get no response. I go back and tell my director, he says, ah, oh, that's just so-and-so. It's just how they are. Brilliant person. However, had no social skills. But, and then there were others who knew uh, uh, where I stood as far as the pecking order before I became a manager. And so, you know, I would go and have to give them assignments and explain to them what needed to be done. And they, again, they had more knowledge than I had, but I was just following orders. And I submitted myself to, to, to this boss who, by the way, was the best boss I ever had. Uh, but, the long, but the point I'm trying to get and trying to make is that God will put you in places where we, where we feel like, why am I here? You are there to give God glory. I believe it's, it, it, the scripture says, and we were created for his pleasure. That's in the book of Revelation. We are created for the pleasure of God. And when we live our lives as a praise unto him, when we, we live our lives not for ourselves, but we live for him, when we humble ourselves and say, Lord, not me. That's what Jesus constantly said. He said, I'd come to do the will of him that sent me. And this is where we should be and must be if we're going to walk in peace. Then we have got to learn how to allow the God of glory to live through us. Where it's more, as Paul said, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. When I allow Christ to live through me, then God gets the glory and God will promote me. And he will promote you higher and higher and higher. Let's go back to the scripture. We're going to read now some as we end this talk about John the Baptist. And we all know that John the Baptist was born about six months prior to Jesus. His mother was Elizabeth and Zacchaeus. And they were, uh, if you know the story, if you read the book of Luke and the first and second chapter of Luke, you read how that... Uh, John, I mean, uh, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus and uh, Elizabeth were uh, of, of uh, old age and they had this baby and it was prophesied uh, over John. And John was born six months prior to Jesus. And as time went about, John came to a point. He was, he came to a point, I believe in, 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 uh, in history says that usually when the Jewish nation, when a child, little boy is around 13, 14 years of age, they studied the Torah, and they come to a point to where uh, John went out to live with the essence. The essence were what we, you, we would call very strict law people. They believed in the Ten Commandments, all of the things that, the, uh, not only the Ten Commandments, but they believed in keeping them strictly. If they didn't even believe, I think there were uh, uh, commandments where how many steps you could take on the Sabbath day. And whereas God had told them to keep the Sabbath and uh and observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. They believed that you should not work. There were so many steps you could take. Many of them went so went forth to, to say that they believed that having a bowel movement on the Sabbath was a, was a sin. Can you believe that? I'm not advocating that, but I'm just reporting what was what's, what history records. But my point in bringing up John is John and Jesus said of him 
that he there was none greater born than John the Baptist in the old covenant. None greater. If you think of Moses and David and all the prophets compared to John the Baptist, there were none of them were able or could, could be compared to what John did. What did he do? For 30 years, John uh, uh, dedicated his life to studying the scriptures and obeying, hearing God. The Bible said that he was, he was when he was born, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And just before, before Jesus got started his ministry, John also started, John, John started his ministry before Jesus. And the Bible said the multitudes came and John was out in the wilderness preaching, teaching the word of God. Uh, and the Bible says they came from the cities, all of the regions. They came to hear what this wild man, the Bible said he had a girdle of camel's hair and he ate honey and wild locusts. And out here, this man was out. He was preaching. He was teaching and he was doing the things and they came, the, 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 the learned, the unlearned, the poor, the rich, they all came. The, sold, the Roman soldiers came to a man who had no church. He had no pulpit. He was just dedicated to doing the works of God. And here John was and, and, and preaching the gospel. And in the third chapter of uh be the third in, in the book of, of Luke, you can read how that when John saw Jesus, he came, he, he uh when he saw Jesus walking up, and John let me let me find this here. John saw John saw Jesus, and he said he was baptizing in the river Jordan. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world. And in, in this in this talk, when he saw Jesus, he took him. He says, his shoes, I am not worthy to be unlashed, or unloose rather. And Jesus walked into the water. John took Jesus and baptized him. Now remember, all of John's life was pointed toward this time. There were thousands coming. People were asking him, what should I do? This is John the Baptist now. And he told them, the Romans, the, the, the every nationality that, that when they heard John's word and those that were pricked in their heart, and these were the Jewish nation, they were, they were pricked. They heard the word of God and they were baptized in John. So John knew who Jesus was. And the Bible says that after John had baptized Jesus and Jesus came up out of the water, what happened? It says that the, 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 the God of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we say now that uh, John knew who Jesus was. And now, here we go. We're going to talk about uh, uh, John now. It says that, uh, uh, let me, I'm going to find this. Hold on just a second. This is in St. Luke. Now, as John began to preach, there all, Herod also was living. We all, you all know this story. How that uh, John the Baptist began to tell Herod that, uh, John had, uh, Herod had taken his, his uh, brother's wife, which was illegal under the law. And John's wife, who hated, uh, I'm sorry, Herod's wife, who hated John the Baptist, convinced Herod to throw him in prison. And he was thrown in prison. And here John was. He had run great revivals, multitude coming to him. His, 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 his ministry probably lasted no more than, no more than one, one to two years. And again, now think about this. This man had lived for this period. In his mind, he's probably thinking, you know what? Maybe if Jesus and I will, will, will have a, a dual, dual uh, uh, ministries. 
Maybe this is what I should, what, what's, what's going to happen. Uh, I'll work for him. Maybe I'll get to work with Jesus because he knew that uh, Jesus, Jesus was going to be greater. But he said, maybe, this is me talking now. I'm adding some color to this. Maybe uh, my ministry, my ministry will, 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 go, will go on. Maybe on, a smaller, uh, maybe on a smaller stage. But I'll go on with life and do whatever God has called me to do. But here John is now. He's, in, he's, he's riled up Herod's wife. Herod's wife had John put in the prison. And John's now, whether it was months or weeks or even a, a, a year or so or two, whatever the case may be, he's in the dungeon. He's in the prison. Now think about it now. In their day, the prisons were not like ours. You didn't, you didn't have TVs and weight rooms and people feeding you a regular meal. And nobody, I'm, most people don't want to be in prison. But think about the Roman prisons back 2,000 years ago. Many times it was just a hole. Many times it was a dungeon. And you stayed there until. Many people died. You know, you had all the, you know, the, the filth of you. you it was in, many times it was inhumane. We were considered today. They, they put you in jail if you put people on the same suffrage that prisoners did in their day. But here John had been there for many days, many months, weeks, many months. And now doubt comes to John. We all are going to have our battle with doubt. Doubt is going to come to you. It's going to attack your mind. It's going to attack your spirit and try to make you question. Is God really real? Is Jesus, are you really saved? Is the Bible true? Everybody's going to come to this point of questioning. I didn't say that you had to fall to this doubt. For doubt going to come, come to us. But we have to, you, you will have your battle. That's a better way of, maybe that's a better way of putting it. You will have to uh, stand in the faith of doubt. Stand in the face of doubt. And say, look, let every man be a liar, Romans 3. Let every man be a liar, but God be true. It doesn't matter what doubt says. Even the very facts can, can, can point you to say, how can God be true? Many people now in the, in the midst of Corona have said, how can, how can God be God, real God, and people dying? But you must remember, brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen world. So now let's go to St. Luke, as we wind up today. St. Luke 7, verse 12 through 22. And it reads, now, now, when, uh, now remember, John's in prison. Now, when Jesus had come to the gates of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bar. The burial was a casket. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up. And began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. This is St. Luke 7, 12 through 22. Verse 16. And there came fear on all. And they glorified God saying. That a great prophet is risen up among us. And that God has visited his people. Verse 17. And this rumor of him went throughout all Judea. They're talking about Jesus. And throughout all the region about. And the disciples of John. Shewed him of all these things. Now John's in prison now. And John's disciples came back and said, we saw the one they call Messiah, the one you baptized. We see him. We, we saw him raise, stop a funeral and raise a dead man. And John calling him on, calling unto him his two disciples 
sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or should we all look we for another? Now think about this. John had said, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world. He says, He who comes after me is before, before me, whose shoes latch I am not worthy to latch. This is what John said. He said, Behold, he said Jesus was Messiah. God showed him by a sign with a voice from heaven. The Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and lighted on him. And here John is with questions in his heart. And then in the 17th verse, and uh, rather the 19th verse, and John calling him to the disciples says, go ask Jesus, are you the one that should come or should we look for another? The 20th verse says, and when the men will come to him, they said, now, now the disciples left him. The two disciples came with the message and they came to Jesus and said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee with the question, art thou he that should come or look we for another? And in the same hour, this is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't say a word to John. In the 21st verse, he says, in the same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirit. He was casting out devil. He was healing the sick. He was healing clay. The corona was, uh, whatever version of corona was in that day, Jesus delivered them of the plague. And into many that were blind, he, he gave sight to the blind. Whatever infirmity was, infirmity, you were, whatever brokenness, that was, when you were infirm, that means you were broken in somehow, some way, you were broken. Whatever uh, plague, it could have been some form of cancer, it could have been leprosy. Whatever the person had, Jesus healed them, delivered them, had raised a dead man. Open the blinded eyes. And then Jesus turned to them and said, Go your way. Tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see. He gave sight. The lame walk. The lepers are clean. The lepers are clean. He, he, he cleansed lepers. People with lepers. Not just a leper. He said lepers. In one hour's time, Jesus healed the sick. Opened blinded eyes. Made the lame walk. Cleansed the leper. The deaf people here. The deaf person. The deaf here. The dead are raised. He had already raised. Uh, 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 he had already raised a dead man. And to the poor, the gospel is preached. Of all the things he was doing, Jesus was fulfilling scripture. And then, the question becomes, Jesus didn't tell John that I was, I'm the, I'm the uh, Messiah. What did he do? He demonstrated. He said, I'm going to demonstrate. I'm not going to just take words and try to prove to you who I am. Although you are, God has spoken to you already. But I'm going to show you. You know, there's a saying in, 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 in the hood. I can show you better than I can tell you. Jesus said, I'm going to show you. Not just, not going to use words to tell you. My actions are going to show you who I am. Why, why did my thought is, and I'm going to put my spin on this now. Why didn't Jesus talk to him and, and give him words? Because Jesus knew that John was a student of the scriptures. And in them, John was going to find peace. How did I know that? How, how, can I, how could you say that? Because, again, John has studied the scriptures from a young man. From whenever, since he could read, probably six, seven years old, you studied the Torah. 
And then you, John went on out into the wilderness when after, after a time and for most of all of his adult life up until he began to preach, that's all he was into was the scripture. So John knew the, uh, the Torah backwards and forwards. So instead of telling him, Jesus gave him something that, that will touch his mind, which is the word. Jesus is the word. And so Jesus said, now, you go back and tell John what I just demonstrated. And so you see, Eric, how could that bring peace to John? If you go to Isaiah 35, 4 through 8, it begins to talk about the Messiah. Isaiah 35, 4 through 8 says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Verse 5, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the, in the desert. Let's skip down to the, third, to the eighth verse, and it says, And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Jesus, the latter part of that stands in verse 8, talks about him preaching the gospel. He gave a word, the Bible says, he cast out devils, he preached the gospel to the poor. He did everything that Isaiah said in the 35th verse, and on top of that, Isaiah didn't talk about raising the dead man. Jesus, on top of, of, of opening the eyes, uh, uh, opening the ears, healing the lame, Healing the leper, he raised their dead man. Jesus referred John to the word of God. And this is how where we're in today. Again, going back to Colossians 3.15. If you want to know where peace is, peace is in the word of God. And who is the word? John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with him. If you want to find peace, your peace is in knowing with confidence who you are, what God said you are, who God says you are. And if you will settle those things in your heart, for God I live, for God I die. If I can trust you to live for you, I can trust your Lord to be with me until then. I pray you got something out of this today. I pray that these scriptures, if you've been blessed by it, tell somebody else. And uh, I pray that we would continue to walk this journey of grace, knowing that the peace of God is here for all of us. And I pray these things in a closing prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. We praise a blessing to those who hear it. And I pray, Lord, as a seed, I pray the word of God will go into their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.